everyone. Welcome to the season one finale of <laughs> Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. Uh, Alan is here. <laughs> <laughs> Ski is to my left and Brent is, is to my right. <laughs> Stage left for myself. Stage left. <laughs> so, so as always, we're going to go through a recap of the episode, give our favorite uh, moments, favorite lines, as well as our rating of eight slices of cheesecake as we bring to a close our first season of uh, Sophia's Choice and our quest to determine the best episode ever. Now, do make sure to come back next week also because we are going to be doing a recap of the entire season, probably be a little shorter, a little less, uh, well... We won't have our, our long, thorough recaps per episode, <laughs> just a, a more brief recap of the entire season uh, to this point and, and determine what was the best one of season yes. one. So. The overarching character arcs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, look at all the growth that all the, uh, all the girls I, had. I thought we were going to do like a specifically branched out, uh, you know, verification of each person's uh, timeline to, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. see all the inconsistencies. I mean, if we did something where we just went over all of the, uh, yeah, all the different time, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Um, continuity issues. Right. <laughs> if we did just the continuity issues, that would take more than our normal length of time <laughs> for an episode. <laughs> so, anyways. But with that, I will go ahead and turn it over for the 25th time to ski for the recap. So exciting. All right, so the uh, title of this episode was The Way We Met, uh, and originally air dated was May 10th, 1986, and this one was written by a lot of people. I guess everybody kind of chipped in because it was uh, the, the final episode of the season. Kathy Spear, Terry Grossman, Winifred Hervey, Mort Nathan, and Barry Finero. Now, do you think they broke up the writing? Because, you know, with this, it's kind of like they have the overarching you know, story of them telling how they met, but then mm-hmm. two separate stories of mm-hmm. the different meetings. Very um, possible. Who makes sense? Yeah, and really, yeah. I guess three, because they had her meeting Rose, her mm-hmm. meeting... I kind of wondered if, because of the way they had the whole season, this is kind of like a reintroduction on how they met, mm. if they wanted everybody to get together and, and contribute what they remembered about what they'd already said. Continu- continuity errors... Uh, you know, aside, yeah. <laughs> uh, like say, hey, what what did we say with this one? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I guess we had to put your name down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, and we'll get into this, but out of all the episodes so far, I don't think there was a single one that had a more self-explanatory title right, than yeah. the way yeah. we met. I mean, that one was very to the point and very accurate. I, I suspected that's what it was when I was going to watch it, and it was exactly what I thought. <laughs> right. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it was... Uh, it's nice to have uh, titles like uh, That's No Lady. Um, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but in, in some cases, it can be a little obtuse as to what the episode is supposed to be about. Exactly. Um, shit, I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, if it comes to you, just stop me. Okay. And we can always yeah. cut out this little bit, too. Um, no, never. Never. <laughs> and I fail on, like, for the whole world to see. <laughs> well, or the 15 people that listen to this. Exactly. You know, it helps them take me off that pedestal upon which I'm sure they've placed me. <laughs> yes. yeah, definitely unjustly. Uh, I mean, put you on the pedestal, not taking you off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, we do actually have someone who, you know, I'm able to look and see where people are listening uh-huh. from. Yeah. Um, and we, we get... At this point, we're closing in on 600. We're recording episode 25, but episode 19 just released. Um, mm-hmm. 
And uh, so we're closing in on 600 listens worldwide. Mm-hmm. And it appears that we have a new listener in Sweden who actually nice. has gone through maybe the entire season up to this point. Nice. So, you know, if that person is listening, you know, whoever you are, uh, we're glad to have you aboard. Mm-hmm. So. And we apologize for not making Rose the MVP more frequently. I, Rose is the MVP pretty frequently. So, <laughs> yeah, so I she think that at you'll, least 25% of the time. Yeah, I think that Rose is well represented in the MVP balloting. So, um, I do think that, you know, if you are listening in Sweden or wherever, you know, feel free to weigh in if you feel that we gave it too many slices or not enough slices of cheesecake. Yeah, or weigh in with any criticism or compliments at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> Brent really craves that. Um, <laughs> I just, he wants the feedback so bad. The only comments we've gotten have been from my wife at this point and you know i don't know we'll see if she keeps complimenting brent i don't know how much longer we'll be calling her my wife she may just be another listener <laughs> i keep mentioning it's like that's all well and good but don't text it to me put it out on the stitcher <laughs> let other people <laughs> well i think itunes we don't have any comments on itunes at this point so if you want to comment on mm-hmm. itunes that'd be cool podbean is fine too that's where sherry's comments are at but um but yeah, definitely. If uh, if someone feels so inclined to go out there and, and <laughs> spend a couple minutes, Brent would greatly appreciate it, especially if it was complimentary. But yeah. he can take criticism pretty well. Yeah. And assuming Alan prints it off and hands it to me, I'll read it on air. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have that to look forward to. It that, could be. That is a pretty big incentive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Keep in mind, it'll be probably six to seven weeks before you hear it, but definitely. Well, I- I can't imagine anyone not listening to the rest of them if they've started on. Well, if they've made it all the way through <clears throat> season one, you know, I feel They're like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it would be <laughs> odd if they were to quit at the end of season one. Oh, I could see him doing that. Well, I could see you doing that, but I don't know if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think they become obligated on episode one of season two oh, okay. for another 25 episodes. They, oh. sign, they sign the implied contract. Exactly. Yes. Don't you feel like. Once you've listened to episode one of season two, you're kind of signing on for the full run. Like, I feel like you give it the full first season and the recap. And then if you listen to that entire thing and you decide, yeah, it's not for me, you don't go on to episode one. You know what's in the bag. But if you (laughs) listen to episode one after listening to the first 20, I guess it'll be six with the recap episode. Um, then I think you've I think you've committed. You should definitely Mm -hmm. finish out the rest of the run of it. Yeah. In my opinion. But yeah. But I guess we'll see. Now, there are could certainly be people who just listened for the first time for episode one of season mm-hmm. two, and yeah. I, I don't hold them accountable for that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you're tuning in because this is your first episode and it's not for you, I mean, that's, that's fine. I get it. Yeah, yeah I don't, but um, mm-hmm. but I still appreciate you listening to the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I, there are people out there who just love prequels. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. All right, Ski, so, so the recap? Yeah, so it was written by a whole bunch of people. Right, yeah. I think you did name them all. <laughs> name the, the whole. <laughs> the, the writing team, and it was directed by Terry Hughes. Yay, Terry. Uh, say what? Yay, Terry. Yeah, he's, he's done quite a few of these. Hughes, Terry Hughes. <laughs> uh, so we open in the kitchen. Uh, Rose is carefully creeping into a darkened kitchen, kind of looking back and forth like she's trying to find something. A few seconds later, uh, Dorothy enters behind her uh, and then turns on the light. Rose screams because it scares her, and then Dorothy screams too. Uh, both of the girls turn out that they've, uh, they woke up because they heard strange noises. Uh, Rose thinks that she's, uh, the, what she's heard sounded like uh, 
something, some creaking stairs. It's weird that Rose is creeping around in the dark in the kitchen. Um, because if you think there's a prowler in there, I think the first thing you want to do is turn the lights on, not try to sneak up on him in the dark. Um, yeah. You think Rose is wishing she still had her gun? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she has it hidden in a drawer in the kitchen, and we just don't know that that's where she was headed to. She keeps it in the flower with her jewels. <laughs> right. Or, or maybe she was going for a knife. You know. There you go. Who knows? But Rosie got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> with what we just paid for licensing, that song, I think we're now in the hole. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said Rosie. I think I think that's the And breaks. I think you get like seven or ten seconds or something like that. You get some small amount of a song for free. <laughs> Plus, I think we'd have to actually be making money off of this for any licensing issues to come mm-hmm. into play. That's true. I guess we could get a cease and desist, but... Mm-hmm. I like to know. think this is all educational. Well, I think that at least four of our listeners are the members of Aerosmith. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> nice. I have no basis for that, but I don't see, see any there, reason to think gone otherwise. And done it now. Yeah. now you've drawn the line. People <laughs> yeah. can connect it. Oh. Before they're like, what was he even talking about? I don't know. So now you think that even if Aerosmith isn't listening, even if Steven Tyler's not out there, yeah, that it's going to get back to him? Surely somebody (laughs) out of the 15 (laughs) that listen normally is connected to Steven Tyler in some way. Or at least a really big tattletale. Right, exactly. I don't care what it takes. I will connect with it. You know, if Aerosmith is listening, uh, you need to make a sequel to Honkin' on Bobo. Mm. I think that's an underrated Aerosmith album. I mean, so underrated that I've never heard of it. <laughs> and I've been to two Aerosmith concerts. So. I've been to zero. Really? Yeah. I don't think you're missing that much. I yeah. I bought the collector's edition of Honkin' on Bobo, which came with a tiny little harmonica on a keychain. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have the harmonica still? No, no, nor did I ever learn to play it. Oh, oh so it was an actual functional harmonica yeah, yeah, on yeah. a keychain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a cool it, little extra. Yeah. Is Bobo who he's honking on? Yeah. Is that the name of the his harmonica or whoever's harmonica? I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not. I'm just debating on if I should throw other jokes out there. But About Bobo? <laughs> yeah, or ski honking on Bobo or anything oh. of that nature. But, you know, I don't know if I want to take it in a direction that we've, for the most part, steered clear of. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a monkey named Bobo. Well, yeah, certainly there is. And there's that dude we went to high school with. But Oh, you went to high school with a Bobo? No, but, oh. you know, it would have gone with the joke. Hmm. I find that if you want to make fun of somebody you went to high school with, go ahead and say their name, but just add Hauser onto the end of it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, like, do you add, like, that that's their last name, or just, like, I'd be like, I don't know. Like, old John Smith Hauser. Oh, okay. So then if you say Hauser, then it could be anybody. They're like, no, they're not talking about me. They're talking about John Smith Hauser. Exactly. Exactly. Just plausible deniability. Yeah. I didn't know if you just replaced the last name, but okay. That's then they go on. home, grab their, uh, well, they're probably home listening to this, grab their uh, yearbooks and like, I don't even see a John Smith Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> he was absent that day. So uh, they're, they're all, they're both Rose and Dorothy are up because they heard weird noises. Rose heard uh, creaking stairs, but that's not possible. And Dorothy then says that she heard someone outside, but it turned out to be a neighbor's cat trying to mate with a plastic flamingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, right after them, uh, Blanche enters, wielding a golf club, having heard them both scream a moment ago. Uh, Rose assures her that everything's okay. And then we find out that the girls had uh, watched Psycho that night. Dorothy explains that she'd avoided it for 25 years, and then goes on to say that uh, Norman Bates is actually scarier than her ex-mother-in-law and a better dresser. 
Uh, see, the better dresser part I thought was good, but I thought it would have been a funnier joke if she would have said that Norman Bates was was less scary than her mother-in-law, um, <laughs> but a better dresser. I thought I thought the joke should have been, you know, um, like Norman May, Norman Bates makes an attractive woman more attractive than my brother <laughs> Phil. Oh. I like that. I like that. You know, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, that would have been good, or or just more attractive than my ex mother in law. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that going yeah. that direction would have been a, a good mm-hmm. way to go. Whether Between my ex mother in law and my brother Phil, right? Norman was definitely closer. <laughs> <laughs> Phil. <laughs> So, like, do you see when they're sitting at the table, their positioning? Oh, what do you mean? Um, so, you know, for, you know, the camera's looking straight at the table. Uh-huh. Uh, Dorothy's in dead center. Right. And then Rose is on, you know, Dorothy's left, you know, screen right, while Blanche is on, you know, screen left, Dorothy's right. And that's opposite of the way they normally are. Normally, Blanche is closer to the fridge while Rose is closer to the door. Hmm. Um, they're on opposite sides, but then here in a second where they get up, when they then return to their seats, Rose gets on her customary side, and Blanche sits closer to the fridge. I hadn't really thought about that. Like good, it, it, I good eye. Yeah, um, I I watched this episode you know, three times, and I didn't catch that. And um, my wife happened to come in, and she looked at the screen. She's like, "Oh, they're sitting differently." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> that's why you're smarter than I am." So I wonder if that was a, like, obviously I don't think the switch in size was necessarily a choice, but I wonder mm-hmm. if they started filming it the one way and they're like, this just doesn't feel quite right. Nearest I could tell was because during that initial thing, Rose is doing more talking than Blanche. So I think it was easier for the camera to see her. I bet. And then after they reset down, Blanche did most of the talking while Rose didn't. So she was in the eye of eye line of the number one camera well and you figure too you think about where they were all standing in the kitchen at mm-hmm. that moment yeah. that would have been the chairs they probably would have also been closer to you since yeah. blanche walked in you know third of the mm-hmm. three so yeah it's an interesting little uh, oddity mm-hmm. have you guys both seen psycho yes yes yeah i've seen it uh, it's been a while but i have seen i it. have never seen it. i mean i pretty mm-hmm. much know the whole story because it's an old well, yeah. movie you just kind of mm-hmm. know it it's yeah. good but uh I would love to see it. It's it was a Hitchcock movie, right? Mm-hmm. Originally, it was. Yep, and the Gus Van Sant one. A what? Gus Van Sant. He did the remake. Oh yeah, the one with like uh, Anne Hesh. Yeah, Anne Hesh. Yeah. Yeah, and they did an entire. Uh, I don't know if it's still ongoing or not, but a Norman Bates uh, TV show. I've heard of that. I've not so seen that either. Heard that's good. Yeah, yeah. My mom and sister watch it, and they're they're fans of it as well. Do you guys know if it's true that uh, they used uh, chocolate syrup for the blood in the shower scene? No reason to think they're lying. Yeah. Well, I'd heard that. Like, yeah. I didn't know if it was just a no, like I'd an heard old wives' tale type thing. Or yeah, but uh, obviously they watch the scary movie now. It's all messed with their heads. Right. Mm-hmm. As I said, Dorothy explained that she had avoided for twenty five years, and you know, you know, now she knows that uh, uh, her ex mother in law is uh, slightly less scary than Norm, or more scary. What did I say? More attractive, less attractive. Whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah. If you heard him before, you got it. Right. <laughs> it's a fine line between scary and attractive. <laughs> uh, Blanche goes on to say that the bloody shower scene that I was just talking about is now why she prefers not to shower alone. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. And then what was Dorothy's follow-up about? Uh, oh, and the three bears is why you don't like to sleep alone. Right, yeah. yeah that was a good exchange. Uh, yeah, it was a good follow-up. She's got, she had quite a few good zingers, I thought, this episode. Mm-hmm. We'll get a few of them. If I miss some, you guys point me out. Will do. 
uh, Dorothy then states that uh, there's nothing worse than being wide awake, scared, and alone or by yourself. And then Rose disagrees. She says you could have all those things and then also mm-hmm. not have a double fudge chocolate cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. she... <laughs> That's our second cheesecake of the season so far. Is it far. second or third? I think it's the second it's one. The second, yeah. yeah. But well, we then, get our third later in the yeah, episode. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we double up this episode. Is it is it actually the third, or is it retroactively the first? Well, I guess <laughs> it would be the first one they ate together, but the third one that we've seen. Yeah, so Correct. Yeah, the yeah. third we've seen chronologically first. In, in our viewing timeline. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing that bugged me, though, it, I don't know if either of you haven't noticed this, but she says, you know, it's even worse is if you don't have this and this and a chocolate cheesecake. Which then she goes and retrieves the cheesecake. They show the cheesecake at the end of the episode, and it is definitely not chocolate. I mean, unless it's a white chocolate <laughs> cheesecake, because it looked it, kind of brownish. I, I didn't think so. It didn't, it didn't it look looked like brownish a, to me. It didn't look brownish to me, uh, but yeah, I thought it was like a light brown, like almost like a mousse colored. Yeah. Now she, the way she describes wow. those, is double fudge chocolate cheesecake. That yeah. seems like a deep brown. Right. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. It did not match that description, mm-hmm. in my opinion. No. So. But. Uh, Either way you go, it's still our second cheesecake of the season. (laughs) (laughs) She immediately then goes to retrieve the cake uh, from the fridge, and then they sit down to eat some. Uh, Blanche says that she never used to stay up late and talk uh, to her previous roommates, uh, which Dorothy didn't realize she even had any. Uh, Blanche describes them as kind of an odd couple and says that uh, the very... I was going to say, like... Because... Like, if they'd only been living together for a season, mm-hmm. then it's like, I can see maybe she never mentioned them or whatever. But they've been living together five years. It seems like they would have come up at some point in time. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely think so. That It would have at least been mentioned that, oh, yeah, so-and-so used to sleep in that room. Exactly. I got Margaret's mail again. I should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and she doesn't describe it. She, she mentions that they're two quirky old women i think mm-hmm. yeah. and that they bathe together and brush each other's teeth yeah um, that seems like a bunch of stories to share right yeah there. yeah it really does <laughs> seem like you'd want a little more detail and then she just says she decided to kick them out one morning but she doesn't at all mm-hmm. discuss why she decided to kick them out <laughs> so yeah. i feel like you might want to throw that out there too just so that you know rose and dorothy know what to <laughs> you know, <laughs> avoid but. it definitely i don't know it doesn't matter i guess <laughs> I, I guess within the chronology, you know, she has the two ladies. Mm. She kicks them out. She gets Dorothy and Rose and then Coco and then Sophia and then no more Coco. And then. So do you think that at some point then between that episode and the season premiere, that that's when Coco was hired, and then he got let go immediately after. Yeah, in the intervening five years. Right. Yeah. Um, they decided, oh, we need a man around here. So how long do you think Coco was employed before he got kicked to the curb by the by the ladies? Because they seemed very comfortable with him. It seemed like he had been there for a bit in that first episode. But they weren't sad when he left. No, they didn't. <laughs> Unmentioned. Yeah, right. Exactly. Except by us. I mean, you can only, you'd have to assume that he got kicked out to make room for Sophia. Yeah. Um, and that the idea must be that, okay, well, Sophia is going to contribute to the household by, you know, cooking and cleaning and whatnot, mm-hmm. the things that Coco mm-hmm. used to help us out with. So. Which is what you, what you want the elderly to do. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep them at work and keep them, you know, uh, engaged. Exactly. So. Um, Chuck Norris's birthday was March 10th. Oh, was so, it? Ni- not 1986, but... <laughs> March 10th or yeah. May 10th? March 10th. Oh. Because this was on May 10th. It was May 10th then. 
I looked it up. <laughs> when I was looking at the episode, I was like, yeah, what happened on this day? Oh, Chuck Norris turned 46. I just like the idea that you give us a random fact for a random date. <laughs> That's only a few short months away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, get your cards off. ready. I could, I could be off by two months. I don't know. <laughs> something happened on March 10th and something happened on May 10th, and one of those dates involved Chuck Norris. Exactly. And the other most certainly involved this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, not necessarily the other. One of them definitely involved this episode. <laughs> but exactly. the other may have involved neither one, Chuck Norris, or this episode. Exactly. So. We're going to get our first comment. It's going to be like, Chuck Norris was born in October, you asshole. <laughs> right. Sign <laughs> Chuck Norris. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be totally fine being called an asshole by Chuck Norris. Really? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> would, would that be the end of the podcast for you? <laughs> I'd be hurt. I'd be like, you know, because I've, you know, I've spent a lot of my life watching Chuck Norris movies. And he should be grateful for that. And like, in, not even like in an ironic way, mm. like, a, oh, this is a genuinely good movie. Well, now at this point, okay, now you've described your affinity for Chuck Norris yeah. in general, not just that it was a random fact that you happened to look up and maybe yeah. misquoted. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, now it would be kind of a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> but, but up to this point, you know, I don't think it would have I, I will say, been. if that was like our one fan comment from outside of our group, <laughs> that would still be pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you can only get got, one, at we least got a one comment. Right? Yeah. So, Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> and I would definitely bring it up on the podcast if we got. I'd probably bring it up if we get any comment, but I definitely would if yeah. we got if yeah. I had Chuck Norris comment. Yeah. Any comment outside of our, our, you know, people we actually know mm-hmm. in yeah. real life. So. Yeah. <laughs> So um, we know that Blanche kind of describes the couple as weird, and then she talks about how she kicked him out. Uh, again, like you said, she doesn't really mention why, other than the fact that they're a bit odd. She goes on to uh, say that uh, that day she went to the grocery store right after she kind of let him go, or let him go, kicked him out, whatever. Right. And that's the day she met Rose. Yeah, she must have really been like, yeah, get your shit and get out right now. And I'm going to the store to find your replacement. Because she even takes Rose back to the apartment to yeah. show it to her. So, yeah, yeah, she does. She means business when she tells someone Yeah, if they're still packing their stuff, so this is where you'll be staying. Right. You guys, you got 10 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to the store to get a new roommate and a pork loin. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. Loin of pork. Yeah, that's right. Loin of pork. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about it. Nineteen eighty-six dollars. That would have been a pretty expensive cut of meat. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> it was. That was so insanely overpriced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Miami. Maybe there's a pork shortage down yeah. <laughs> in the. You know. How much was sunshine? it? Sunshine. Sixteen dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I'd have to think, you just figure, simple like inflation, that had to be like a $30 cut of meat by yeah. today's standards. <laughs> so. It wasn't all that large, was it? I don't think so. It didn't no. look like it was going to feed like a party <laughs> worth of people. It would be enough for it the... It was smaller than a pepperoni. Right. <laughs> Considerably, yeah. The pepperoni is like three times the size. Yeah. It was like a yard of pepperoni. Right. Yeah, that was a giant amount. I guess we'll get to pepperoni that. Pepperoni by the foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're kind of... Obscene amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Obviously, we can kind of skim through some of this as we get to it. But I, I really was surprised that Blanche, <laughs> that Blanche went more the embarrassed route of the pepperoni than the proud route. I, I think if it was filmed today, I yeah. definitely think that a character with Blanche's, you know, mm-hmm. proclivities would have definitely been a bigger fan of the pepperoni. She probably so. would have been the one purchasing it. Uh, uh-huh. But 
But I guess uh, Blanche did Maybe still have some modesty. Maybe she was more ashamed modesty. that she didn't think of it. You know? uh, could be. <laughs> um, but no, she seemed genuinely embarrassed about yeah. the giant pepperoni. <laughs> what you call a billy club? Yeah, or something of that nature, yeah. The pepperoni pony. <laughs> <laughs> ass to ass. <laughs> <laughs> So we have our first, well, not our first, but like one of our first flashbacks now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Blanche, we see Blanche walking up to a bulletin board uh, entitled The Neighborhood Notices in a Local uh, Shopping Market. As she uh, pins her... <laughs> <laughs> Jason to the local haberdasher. <laughs> haberdasher. Yes, I like it. And across the street from the cobbler. So. <laughs> <laughs> How many more uh, old-timey... I'm sure we could go for a while, but we'll go ahead and just end it at those <laughs> three. No no blacksmith jokes? No, no. I don't think just so. Just a stone That's... throw from the candle wick maker. <laughs> <laughs> so as she pins her ad to the bulletin board, uh, Rose walks up holding a uh, fluffy gray cat. Uh, Blanche sees her face and can tell us that she's kind of upset. Uh, she assumes that her husband or boyfriend has dumped her and tells her not to let it get her down. Uh, she suggests that she sleep with his best friend to settle the score. Uh, Rose smiles, thinking that she must be on candid camera based on, you know, Blanche's very forward uh, uh, speaking to her. Uh, she reveals that she had actually been kicked out of her apartment because uh, there are new owners and they won't allow cats. And she's become very attached to this kitty, uh, Mr. Peepers, mm-hmm. whom she's only had a week, by the way. Yeah. So, so do you think that Blanche assumed that her boyfriend had dumped her because when she walked up on her, she was stroking her pussy? <laughs> yes. Brent did not approve of that joke. <laughs> I really debated, and if I should say it, I feel like it was a mistake, but it's out there now. It's there. It's mm-hmm. cemented. I can always edit that out. I, no. I suppose you could, but... I mean, you could, but, <laughs> but it goes against the spirit of the podcast. I, think no, yeah, a... I agree. I, I added very little out other than, you know, some ums and uhs and whatnot. I think I've had one time during the season where uh, there was one one part that I edited it out because I thought, like, yeah, that's doesn't represent us well. Or at least. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, if you've listened to this far, you realize that our skills in podcasting aren't represented well either <laughs> throughout 25 episodes, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, for the most part, anything we say tends to stay in. Yeah, I'm fine with people like you know, thinking I'm not a very good podcaster, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'll be damned if they know about my anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I think that eventually they can read through the lines or you know, <laughs> or read between the lines, I should say. Yeah. But I think the only thing that I can recall regretting was like one of the reviews that I did. You know, I took a pro-professor stance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You stuck with it right to the end. I did. And then you did the deathbed. <laughs> Repent. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's what I regret, that I didn't stick the landing in. <laughs> oh, see, so you wish you would have just held on to it. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're sad that you chickened out at the last minute and started pandering. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. Well. You know, I, I know that you're always, you know, railing against the the liberals and <laughs> <laughs> PC culture and whatnot. But uh, so Blanche, uh, you know, kind of admires the fact that she is, is even though she's only had this cat for a little bit, she admires her dedication to the animal, and uh, that she uh, tells her that she's got a room for rent, mm-hmm. and she just posted, uh, and then that 
Oh, she says specifically she's got a room for rent available for rent, and the name is Blanche Devereaux. Mm-hmm. Of course, introducing herself, mm-hmm. but uh, Rose does not interpret it that way. She, Rose asks in response, "Why well, don't you name a room Blanche Devereaux?" <laughs> Blanche laughs, thinking that Rose is simply being funny. Right. Uh, little does she know, <laughs> she is much funnier than that. <laughs> Uh, Blanche tells her that the uh, previous two roommates were sticks in the mud from Minnesota. And then Rose introduces herself and explains that she's also from Minnesota. Blanche thinks that she's still joking. Uh, Rose then goes on to explain how fun and crazy she can be and uh, starts talking about how she eats raw cookie dough. Sometimes she runs through the sprinkler without a bathing cap on. Mm -hmm. And then uh, during Christmas time, she's been known to put away more than one eggnog. Yeah. Well, you know, even raw cookie dough, that can, you know, if there's raw eggs in there, mm-hmm. then, you know, that definitely can be a, a dicey proposition. So Salmonella, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's at least that possibility. So Danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a lush, obviously, too, with the <laughs> multiple eggnogs. Yeah. Not just well, the hot toddies. <laughs> right. Right. I will say she's, she's definitely gone on with the hot toddies before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche, uh, Blanche's smile kind of falls from her face after she describes what she qualified as risky or, or, or crazy behavior. And then she turns back to the bulletin board and reattaches the ad that she had just taken down. Uh, Rose asks what's wrong, and Blanche tells her that uh, they simply don't have anything in common and it probably wouldn't work out between the two of them. Now, one thing I thought was odd, if she's looking for two roommates, why would she have taken it down at all? Wouldn't she? Shouldn't she have just yeah. left it up there and waited for the second person to then call? Because obviously, think, yeah. Dorothy sees an ad later on. Um, so... Now, in instances like this, in an effort to increase our, our uh, what's a good word, um, the, the, the Foley art, right? Is uh-huh. that what you call for like sound effects? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we can get a sounding board, and then we'll just push it whenever something convenient happens. like, plot device? Boy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that definitely the thing that's lacking in our podcast is wacky sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, like a morning show. Right, yeah, definitely. It's be like the morning zoo, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that our uh, the advertising dollars aren't coming in to afford the soundboard. That would be the quality that we'd need to match. the. Brent, what, what's your special name going to be? What would your DJ name be? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you need to give him a little more warning than that. I, yeah, sorry. I would imagine perhaps. I, threw it right at you. I bet you come up with a good one, though. Yeah, I'd be like DJ Egg Roll Number One. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I think you're thinking of DJ like a club DJ, and yeah. he's thinking <laughs> that. I think more of like guru <laughs> yeah. type thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what was throwing me because I was like, oh well, if I was playing all the bangers in the club, <laughs> I could Crazy Don in the Jug. <laughs> exactly. So which which must be Crazy Don, and which would be the Jug? <laughs> That's just a for instance. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like a morning, a crazy morning crew. Oh, okay. I like the fact that you think two names are sufficient for the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps the, maybe he's Crazy John and we are collectively the jug. <laughs> I guess it just tells us where Ski thinks he <laughs> ranks in the... <laughs> kind of like Hootie and the Blowfish. Right, yeah. There are many Blowfish. Yeah, but only one Hootie. <laughs> Interesting fact. No one's actually Hootie. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Darius does not like to be called Hootie. Oh, does he not? He does not. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you're the lead singer of a band that has, <laughs> you know, Hootie yeah. has the first word in it, so. Yeah. Isn't he doing, like, country music now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But, Although I would say that it's reasonable for him to not like it at this point. I mean, yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish is, you know, been popular songs. Yeah, I don't know if they still do anything together or not, but mm-hmm. certainly their heyday was 20 plus years ago, I think, at this point. Yeah. So they were, um, so they were originally from South Carolina, and I was in South Carolina, I guess, right around a year ago, um, visiting a friend of mine. And, anyways, whatever the, Who's, they have a football team there, and a college football team or something like that. Mm-hmm. So whatever that stadium is that holds, you know, 60,000 people or whatever, Hootie and the Bluefish are doing five nights. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a year ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so then I guess they they're still together. Still, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize right. that. Well, I take it back. So obviously they're still but, selling yeah, out. It's like a hometown show also. Still, so. though, five nights, that's 300,000 yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we do this uh, podcast at the current rate we're going <laughs> for... Let's see. Like I said, we're around you know between five and six hundred at this point to get up to <laughs> to three hundred thousand people. We're gonna have to be going until we're definitely dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> Crazy down in the jug. Yeah, no more. <laughs> you can keep striving for your you know quantity of listeners. I'm still listening for the quality of listeners. <laughs> so we we need to get Hootie and Chuck Norris on here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. And a second Swede. Well, we can't get Hootie because he doesn't want to be called Hootie, right? No, that's the thing. We keep calling him that. Uh, he gets mad, and then he comments like crazy. Right. So now we're looking for comments from Aerosmith, <laughs> <laughs> Hootie, and uh, this is and our Chuck most Norris. star-studded yes. episode yet. <laughs> yeah, talking about lots of guest stars that <laughs> were you know, never season appeared. finale sweeps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really bringing them in for season two. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing. <laughs> Revving them up. Yep. Yeah. I think, don't all the seasons end with like a flashback episode? I'm but not this sure. is the only one that like was like a flashback to like new stuff you've not seen. Oh, okay. Previously. Are all the other ones like a clip show type yeah. flashback? Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely liked the format of this show. I thought it was pretty good. But uh, we'll yeah, get I thought to that. they handled the flashback stuff pretty well. Yeah. And I liked the fact that it wasn't just all recycled mm-hmm. clips. Yeah. So. All right, so anyway. I liked, like if they were going to do like a flashback episode with all recycled clips, I would like them to do like just like the opening credits in order. <laughs> <laughs> like say, Remember that time we walked into the house all huddled together? Now that would actually be pretty creative <laughs> when you think about it. Exactly. I, I remember when I landed in, in, exactly. in, in Miami and they showed Blanche. the plane. And oh, right, and, yeah. Blanche is like, remember when I hid my fist in my sleeve so I could donkey punch you? <laughs> Good times. Wake up, donkey punch kids. <laughs> Wake up, donkey punch kids. Say, so I said, look up, donkey punch kids. Oh, yeah, 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 on your urbandictionary.com. <laughs> I think the joke was on your urbandictionary.org. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was I was wondering because since you hesitated there for a second, I didn't know where what the next you know part of that that web address was going to be. But yeah, I knew it was there somewhere, and I just couldn't think of it in time. Yeah, yeah, it definitely doesn't count for sticking the landing if you do it on your second attempt. Yeah. <laughs> so. we'll just edit out the first attempt. Right, you have my permission now. As long as it makes you sound good, then it's okay. exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Even if it sounds like, if you're like Urban Dictionary dot, and then whatever, whatever way I have to edit it together to get exactly. the org. Urban Dictionary dot org. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even use your voice. Exactly. Mr. Exactly. Black. All right. I need some Google bot. Yeah. 
So go ahead. Sorry, Ski. Yeah. So we're uh, back, back to the flashback here. Act one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so Lance had basically just told Rose that, you know, it probably wouldn't work out because they don't have anything in common. And then as Blanche turns and walks away, a little boy walks right up to Rose and asks if she, if he can pet her cat. Uh, he tells her that, you know, he used to have one just like it, uh, named Harpo, but it died. Uh, Rose suggests that he needs to get a new kitty. Then kind of realizing, you know, what she had just said, asked the boy if her mother would, if his mother would let him have a new cat. And he kind of explains to her that, you know, they'd already planned to get a new one next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rose tells him that, you know, if you promise to take really good care of him, he can have Mr. Peepers. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. I wish Harpo hadn't have died. Like, I think it would have just been a better story if, like, oh, he, he ran, ran away. And that's, yeah. that's Harpo. <laughs> exactly. She's right. just giving him back his The own. circle of life. But neither of them realize it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, oh, she's He ran away about a week knows. ago. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it seems odd to me that she's so quick to give the cat away, which caused her to get kicked out of the house that she was living in. It seems like if she just gave the cat, I don't know if she's necessarily been kicked out, kicked out, or if she's in the process of being kicked out even. Yeah. Because otherwise, couldn't she just go back to the apartment and say, I don't have the cat anymore? Right. I'd have to assume that there are some other things and that the landlord was just looking for a reason to get rid of her. So. Uh, you know, maybe he had been pursuing her romantically and, you know, realized that it wasn't going to work out. Because so. he would die if they slept together. Yeah. Yeah. And Rose <laughs> was just trying to keep the poor man alive, but <laughs> because his uh, his manhood was hurt so much that, you know. Yeah, had she had to use the cat find. as a scapegoat. Well, maybe he used the cat as a scapegoat to get rid oh, of her. I gotcha. So. The little boy looked so familiar to me. <laughs> um, his name was uh, Edon Grass, I think, something like that. But, uh, he really wasn't anybody that had been in much. I mean, he he had plenty of credits. A lot of it, though, was voice acting. He did like yeah. eight episodes of Ren and Stimpy and 30 mm-hmm. episodes of a Little Mermaid cartoon series mm-hmm. um, and, and a few other acting things. But, a lot of cameo type stuff. Like, yeah, but he looked cameo, but like, like so familiar on. to me. On the, I was like, oh, he must have grown up to be somebody, you know, mm-hmm. relatively famous. But, you know, I mean, he certainly had his success in his yeah. acting career and whatnot. But for one brief moment, I thought he was one of the Lawrence boys. The Lawrence boys? Like Joey or Matthew. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there definitely could have been a similarity there. Um, The third one. What's that? The third third one. one. (laughs) (laughs) The other. Taylor Hanson. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think Taylor Hanson Lawrence was his full name. (laughs) So she says, if you give him a really good home, you could have Mr. Peepers. Uh, The boy then asks if it's okay if he calls him Harpo, and Rose says he probably wouldn't mind. (laughs) Uh, she hands the cat over to the boy, and he then walks off to tell his mom. That's the end of the cat. Uh, having watched the whole interaction, though, Blanche kind of smiles, seeing how kind Rose is. Uh, she then asks if she'd like to go ahead and look at that uh, Blanche Devereaux room after all. And then she uh, excitedly agrees, and then says, and what's your name? <laughs> Not having realized the whole thing to begin with. Yeah, but especially with the little boy and deciding to ask him if he could name the cat Harpo, it totally would have been better if, like you said, the cat would have run away because then he's just renaming it his actual name <laughs> exactly. to begin with. But yeah, oh well, there's a little missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Next season, right? <laughs> right. The next time there's a cat that has to be rehomed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so some time passes now, and uh, it was still kind of in flashback mode. Uh, we see Blanche, you know, continue to describe some of the other people she has interviewed as potential roommates. Uh, at this point, she is escorting an eccentric-looking woman named Madame Zelda mm-hmm. uh, to the front door. Yeah. Having, go ahead. Okay. So it seems like, like when this flashback starts, you know, it, it's Blanche who's telling it, 
But when the flashback ends, it's like Dorothy yeah. telling it to like switch halfway through. I, <laughs> well, I guess that could make some sense. You know, you have two people who are, yeah. you know, kind of telling the story of how they met with each other. You know, yeah. I, I could see that it could go. I kind of like that because it made it sound like it was actually a conversation happening mm-hmm. or happening rather. And we're just seeing yeah. the in, interaction of it in yeah. the video form. But like... I guess I'm just confused as to why they're telling the story in such great detail. Like, they're not, they're not going senile. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, maybe it was just something where they're like, oh, yeah, I remember this happening, you know, yeah. and it just, perhaps we're seeing the more detailed version, but what they're actually telling around the, the table wasn't quite as uh, in-depth as what we got to see. Mm. Just Maybe. memories, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could be like, oh, yeah, I remember you had that cat and you were going to give it to that little boy, mm-hmm. you know. But I gotcha. doubt that she, she would have gone through like, yes, and he said this, and then yeah. I said this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and remember, I put that pin back on to the bulletin board. <laughs> right. <laughs> would they say, like, every time you access a memory, um, it becomes less accurate? Oh, really? Yeah. Like, um, if you only think about something like once every 10 years, you know, after 40 years, it's going to be more accurate than if you think about it every day for 40 years. Really? Just like every time your your mind just sort of like switches out a detail or, you know, twists it in some way to match your then current mood or whatever. Kind of like an old-timey photocopy where it like got worse and worse over time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. Yeah, that's why I don't photocopy anything. I just fax it to myself. <laughs> the, the technology of the future. Mm-hmm. Today. <laughs> so he's got the boy, uh, the... the Oh, sorry. I lost my place. She's escorting uh, uh, Madame Zelda to the mm-hmm. front door after having uh, kind of given her a tour of the house. Uh, she asks if there had been a... Oh, Madame Zelda asks if there had been a young lady in a nurse uniform murdered in the home. And Blanche, of course, surprised and like almost offended, says no. But then she says that she... Uh, Zelda says that she has a strong vision of a woman writhing and screaming with a man kind of hunched over her. Blanche then says that it may have been her and her man, the man that she's currently seeing, uh, but it was a French maid uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Zelda, you know, then warns her that she must leave the house because it is haunted. Right. Basically. And the doorbell then rings. Blanche opens it, and we first see, you know, that's Dorothy and Sophia they meet for the first time. Yeah, I was wondering for a second if they were going to try to retcon it or something since mm-hmm. Sophia was there with Dorothy. But, you know, I guess it was nice they brought her along since she had such a small role in this episode. Yeah. And Zelda then gives Dorothy a very dire warning, you know, before Blanche kind of ushers her out the door saying, mm-hmm. if you move in here, then she say you'll die an agonizing death or something? Yeah, something yeah. along those lines. It, so it, And so she asks him, she's like, oh, are you here for the two rooms that are available? Okay, mm-hmm. so obviously there are four rooms. Okay, she kicked out two ladies, yeah, and so she was going to replace one of them with you know Rose, and then the other one theoretically with Dorothy. But like, what about the other room? Well, you know, I guess that's probably where Coco came in. That maybe they decided they had enough between the three of them to uh-huh. support the uh-huh. you know, financial needs of the household. So they decided well, we to take on. We also know that a... they tried to do that big old uh, yard sale. Maybe that's where they keep all their crap. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did have quite a bit, so. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> Blanche kind of ushers Zelda out the door and apologizes to uh, Dorothy and Sophia about the uh, lady with her bit of odd mannerisms there. Uh, Blanche asks them uh, if they'll both sit, and uh, then also asks, like you said, if they'll both be moving in. 
Uh, Dorothy says, no, no, my mother is staying at uh, Shady Pines. Blanche says that she's familiar with it, and it looks very nice. Looks a very nice place. Mm-hmm. Sophia then retorts, it's a prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said they force the residents to look like they're happy, and then they take pictures for their brochures. <laughs> right. How many brochures do they print? I mean, I feel like they just had to force them to look happy once to make the brochure. I can't imagine they update their brochure for Shady Pines all that often. <laughs> they have constant turnover. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what, do you feel like if you're seeing a, a brochure for an old folks home that you might stick your parent in, that you wanted to have somebody in there that's also still living in the facility? Exactly. Okay. When you take people prospective clients on the tour and be like, hey look it's the guy from page three remember him <laughs> it's like wow he's like a celebrity <laughs> exactly i mean like if it was you know like you're putting you know your mother in a home or whatever and you get a brochure like if everybody in that brochure you know has an afro and a dashiki <laughs> you're gonna be like hmm, maybe i shouldn't put her in this one <laughs> maybe you would but you know i wouldn't look at it that way <laughs> I would be glad that my mom was getting the chance to expand her cultural horizons. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is like it's because the picture is 40 years old. Oh, okay. (laughs) Old people, they could have old styles. Yeah, I definitely thought you were going a whole different way. I was like, wow, that's not the Brent that I know. That you're like, yeah, if you saw a brochure and a lot of black people were in it, you wouldn't want to put your mom in there, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, well, I see. So you're just talking about the, the styles of the time. Exactly. Okay, fair exactly. enough. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not, we want modern old a, people. There's, if, if your mother would like to be the salt in that pepper mill, she is more than welcome to. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, the styles oh, okay. have changed. So bell bottoms and, <laughs> right. you know, confederate flag belt buckles <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately that was definitely still the style well not the bell bottoms but the confederate <laughs> belt buckles are probably still around there in uh, the old folks in florida in 1986 i'd imagine yeah yeah and so so dorothy obviously the confederacy in- lasted for five years you know it's crazy that people are like that's my heritage <laughs> yeah i know it is it's nuts but like I spent more time listening to Hootie and the Blowfish than right. the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> and we could spend the next several years trying to get them on the show. Right. <laughs> yeah, we've got six and a, like six more years to do it. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, that was you know missing in action one to invasion USA. That was the Chuck Norris filmography <laughs> for which the Confederacy lasted. <laughs> so do you think that people will start getting Sophia's Choice flags and put them in their? The house? Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, once we get all our stuff up on merch table, I'm sure it'll... <laughs> like we've got bootleg stuff on Etsy already. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you definitely should have copyrighted that image because, you know, now we have people just selling it left or, you know, mm-hmm. selling merchandise with it on left and right. Probably so, yeah. Exactly. Somebody's going to buy a cricket and then retire. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that we should have uh, done some kind of copyright of that. On property, intellectual property that we have no rights to. <laughs> well, you created that. We've definitely. Yeah, but we have no rights over the Golden Girls. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> you did a doodle the of the crux a, of the show. You did a doodle of a non-denominational old woman. <laughs> yeah, in the name of the show, I mean, although you know the full title of the show, you know, a Golden Girls podcast has the uh, the title of of the actual show it's based on. But you know, just Sophia's Choice, which is, I think, it's all that's on the. You know, it's on a logo. It's, it's 100% uh, non Probably uh, is trademarkable, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, a Golden Girls podcast, you know, 
it's only capitalized because that's the title of the podcast. All right, so you we know, could claim. We ourselves are golden girls, so. <laughs> <laughs> and it's our podcast. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a, a tough bill of sale to, <laughs> to unload, but... <laughs> But if that's, you know, if that's the hill you want to die on, by all means, go with that defense. I'm not sure what sort of, like, boxes you have to check when you upload these things as far as, like, this is my original work and everything. But, you know, I've not signed anything. (laughs) Right, that's true. So I'm the only one who's put myself at risk. Exactly. Well, you know, thankfully at this point, uh, there's literally no proceeds for anybody to take much less a profit (laughs) (laughs) um, i don't know if luckily is quite the right word for that but uh, hey you can look on the other side you we have not amassed any crippling debt that's true that's true (laughs) you know just relatively modest amounts of investment um but but certainly no debt i'm not sure what the um like how many laughs this thing has generated over 600 listens. Mm. But I'd like to think it's at least half a dozen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> half a dozen. <laughs> You'd like to think that? Well, I don't know. I right? would. <laughs> so I'm saying that, you know, if we've got six laughs mm. and, you know, zero angry comments. Right. It's a success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's why we're not big in the entertainment industry. <laughs> is our definition of success? Is they don't. Far uh, more they modest. don't bank on those kind of metrics. You think? Yeah, I don't think we're, so. We're narrow casting, right? <laughs> not broadcasters. <laughs> we're almost uh, individual casting or <laughs> mono casting. Um, mono casting. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to download the Duolingo app for my phone so I can learn Swedish. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was afraid. I was like, do I mention Swedish? Because I'm afraid Brent's going to break into a Swedish chef impression <laughs> and alienate our, you know, one of our few uh, dedicated international listeners. <laughs> but thankfully, you did steer clear of that. I did. But if you'll remember, I was like pretty silent the first three, four minutes of the episode. Mm. That's because I was enjoying this nice box of Swedish fish. <laughs> As I want to do. Yeah, well, I am sure... Most of the listening audience appreciates the fact that you chewed away from the microphone mm-hmm. as opposed to into it as uh, for the ASMR that we discussed in a previous episode. So. I have like nine pieces of Ikea furniture in my office at home. Do you really? So, I don't think I own any Sweden. Ikea furniture, mm, but, but I I'm swear by it. not opposed to it by any means. So. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I, I own no, none, but I have put together a few Ikea things. Mm-hmm. So. so back to the story? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Dorothy is embarrassed by you know uh, Sophia kind of talking badly about uh, stuff, shady pines, and explains that her mother you know had recently had a stroke, and that uh, she has a distorted perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. And they take a quick tour of the lanai. It makes it sound like they're gonna check out the entire house, but right. they do not. Yeah, that's the only thing they end up looking at. This is lanai, the mm-hmm. the lanai before. And then directly back to the living room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, really, obviously they saw the living room, okay, which is unchanged six years later. Right. So apparently Blanche (laughs) is like, this is the style. Right. (laughs) This is the way it will be when you live here. Yeah, you can decorate your bedroom and that's it. But so really it's just the lanai, the kitchen, and then whichever bedroom is going to be hers. Right. That's the only thing she needs to see on the tour. She doesn't need to show her like, and this is my boudoir and this is where I keep my whipped cream and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Blanche tells them that uh, she's a bit short on time and asks if they can just go over a few questions she has. 
she picks up a clipboard and then asks what people from Guam are called. Confused by this, uh, Dorothy answers, a Guamanian, I guess. By the way, she is correct. Oh, okay. I looked it up. Uh, she asks what uh, that has to do with her application, and Blaine says, oh, nothing. I just want to complete my crossword puzzle. Uh, then she continues to ask several questions, and uh, Sophia then keeps piping in to embarrass Dorothy a bit more. Yeah, about whether think, she's neat and things of that nature. Yes. I think she should be embarrassed for saying they're called Guamanians. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said she's correct, so. I consider them Americans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, were they Americans? They are when did When did Guam become part of the United States? Because we were talking 1986, so. 1899. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so quite a while then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I apologize to any of our listeners out in Guam that I wasn't more uh, well-versed in the any history. Any of our American Guamanians? Yeah. In fairness, I'm not very well-versed in the history of, you know, mainland United States either. So <laughs> Now, plus two, though, I think it's completely fair to call them Guamanians because, I mean, you would call someone who lives in Florida a Floridian. Yeah, they could also be an American, but, you know, there's multiple okay. monikers. So. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, somebody from Indiana would be called a Hoosier. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Yeah, okay, I'll give it to you. So, but it, it does seem like like if that's the last freaking clue on her crossword puzzle, I think <laughs> she would have been able to get it. Yeah. Like everything else that's going down. Yeah, you'd have whatever. to assume that you'd have some letters of Guam in there that would already be, <laughs> and then something of Anian that would be there. Yeah, I would think you'd be able to fill in the blanks on your own if you did well. Now, granted, maybe it was a relatively easy puzzle with... Yeah. You know, just maybe, yeah, one maybe hard... only G was hanging out there. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> there were just two clues: <laughs> one down, one across. <laughs> she got the Eli Whitney answer. Yeah, I was like, your mother's one. mother. <laughs> so they got grandmother, and then G <laughs> going down. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you figure there in Miami, there's a large old population, so they don't want to make those crossword puzzles too long. You don't want to have someone feel unaccomplished as their last, you know. Well, and later she buys some newspapers, and I think only one of them is People, and that's the most reputable. Right, that's supposed to be the one that has actual news in it. Yeah, so the other ones, uh, no idea how uh, how challenging the crossword puzzle in one of those would be. Right, it's in a <laughs> National Enquirer or you know, whatnot. Maybe one of the questions was, he is a boy, and he looks like a bat. Mm-hmm. Bat yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel like it would be all questions related to your sensational stories. That uh, I think it would be a good way to you know advertise for themselves. That's true, yeah. But I think once you've already bought the magazine, I don't know that you need to do that much more. Hey, I remember that episode. <laughs> right, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and get a subscription to this now. Um, Cha-ching. In case you're wondering, the March 1986 People magazine featured Whoopi Goldberg on the cover. Oh, really? <laughs> I-, I wonder if she was... Uh, well, I wonder if it was actually a People magazine that she picked up or if any of them are the actual periodicals that you she mentioned. You say March? Because remember, it's May 10th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably would have been the June issue that was yeah. on the stand. So. so, yeah, I think Chuck Norris was probably March 10th because that's what I had in history. <laughs> well, at least now the mystery is solved. <laughs> um, okay, so anyways, the May 5th, 1986 People magazine uh, was... Uh, Mrs. Dolly Parton. Oh, okay. Mrs. Dolly Parton. Very cool. It's a nice cover. So we go back to it. And uh, Peppery Dorothy... Peppery Talk from the Slickest Country Girl Ever. Say what? Peppery Talk from the... Is that what it says on there? Yeah. All right. So it's awesome. So the May 5th, 1986 People Magazine 
Dolly Parton on the cover, okay? Um, also features articles about uh, Svetlana, the Osmonds, TV's maids and butlers. Mm. Um, so you think well Mr. As, Belvedere would have been mentioned at that point in time? Maybe. As well as articles about Iacocca and Gaddafi. Ah, very nice. <laughs> so it was a reputable magazine back yeah, in the day. Yeah, they did cover a spectrum. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't people still around? I think people still being produced. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that episode. That, oh, that particular that, that episode, that, that issue, yeah. yeah. So, Peppery talk from the slickest country girl ever as she opens her 20 million hillbilly park back home in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think that's Dollywood that they're talking yeah, about? I'm sure it is, yeah. Because yeah, they can sort of see the sign behind oh, okay. Dolly. Um, 20 million hillbilly park. <laughs> now, what do you think qualifies as Peppery talk? Do you think that's a, a little bit on the. You know, like the naughty side, but yeah. you know, with innuendo more so than yeah, just a bit of flavor. Oh, okay, yeah. So then uh, it's like we... referring to a pepperoni as obscene. <laughs> if you read between the lines, right? <laughs> it's saying more than it's pepper, saying. Pepper to pepperoni, right? <laughs> exactly. So we're moving forward again. In the uh, the flashback world. Dorothy is now describing her move-in day, and as she is entering the house with a box of her things, Rose is kind of talking. Kind of out in the open about how happy she is and how lovely the day is with very flowery words. Uh, she goes to shake Dorothy's hand. Uh, with her signature sarcasm, Dorothy responds, You must be Mrs. Rogers. Right. I assume Mr. Rogers, right? She's yeah, just, yeah. She's so goody two shoes. Uh, Rose then explains that uh, she is not, but then lists several other Mrs. Rogers she happens yeah. to know. It seems odd that she lists the one at the grief center before she lists the one across the street. Right. right. Well, but now, granted, she probably would have known the one at the grief center longer. She's just moving in there, so she yeah. would have just met the one across the street. So Good maybe point. that other Rogers would be the most, yeah. you know, uh, ready, readily available. And then what's her. the last one she mentions? The last one she Dale mentions Evans. is Dale Evans, who, uh, who she says is the most famous of all the Rogers. Um, <laughs> Or Ro- Mrs. Rogers yeah. specifically, which yeah. Dale Evans Rogers is the wife of Roy Rogers and also a country singer in her own right as well. Right. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I was trying to think. Like, surely there has to be. Now, maybe not in '86, but surely there has to be some Mrs. Rogers that'd be more famous than Dale Evans Rogers. Mm, I can't think of one. Mm. I don't know. I, I was I was trying to think about this earlier, but uh, I feel like one came to mind, but it's gone at this point. So, did Kenny Rogers have a famous wife? Uh, Ginger it, Rogers. Yeah, Ginger well, Rogers. That's who I thought. But then I was wondering, like, is it? You know, because I think Rogers is a name that can have like a, a D in it sometimes, depending on the spelling of it. Yeah. So perhaps uh, you could still make an <laughs> argument, depending. But yeah, Ginger Rogers. But but maybe she was not a Mrs. Rogers. She probably was a Miss Rogers. Yeah. Or Ms. Rogers, but. Possibly. Was she married to Fred Astaire, or were they just partners? I think they were just partners. Gotcha. Um, but either way, you know, she, if someone, I guess even if you don't take the last name, you could still be a Mrs. Rogers or Mrs., yeah. you know, if you're married. So, yeah, she probably was a Mrs. Rogers. She's probably married to somebody at some yeah. point. Yeah. So, whether it was a Rogers or not. Cool. <laughs> then after that entertaining little list she gives her, she introduces herself, you know, as Rose. Mm. Uh, Rose then apologizes uh, for the fact that she she had heard why uh, Dorothy's there, and she says, "Sorry about your husband dumping you, right?" Mm-hmm. And then offers the you know says, "You're free to use my bubble bath whenever you'd like." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Dorothy, uh, again sarcastically, you know, tells her that it'll really help with the lonely nights. Yeah. Uh, Blanston enters the room and sees the girls kind of getting acquainted. 
uh, Dorothy picks up her things and tells them she's just going to bring them to her room. And it turns out that uh, Blanche had promised both the girls the same room. Uh, Rose you know, tells her when they had some you know, dispute like that back in her hometown, they'd settle with a log roll. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously that's not an option here. So uh, they decide to use a toss coin. Rose then wins the uh, coin toss and promises to uh, make it up to her. She says uh, if she ever has trouble sleeping, she'll come over to her room and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, I can't imagine under any circumstances that that would be an offer that somebody would want. (laughs) Plus, it's not even a soothing song, I don't feel like. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps in St. Olaf, that's a a song that helps get the youngins to sleep. Yeah, Dorothy kind of chuckles and says, Rose, I don't know what to say. And then her face gets a little more stern and, and, and serious and says, yes, I do. Don't ever do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, go May, ahead. May 10th, Mark David Chapman's birthday. Oh, okay. I'm not sure who Mark David Chapman is offhand. Oh, he murdered John Lennon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Glad that we're commemorating that day then. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little fun fact about Kumbaya. Okay. I may share it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so it is commonly believed that Kumbaya is Gullah, which is a Creole language, and that Kumbaya, my lord... Is translated roughly as "Come by here, my lord." Mm-hmm. So it's like a almost like almost a slurred voice. Oh, okay. Come by, my lord. Like almost if you were drunk or something. That's kind of. I I was thinking when I was reading this of the uh, Creole guy in uh, like was water, water boy. boy. Yes. He walked up here, shout on y'all. Yeah, well, that that is a, the way you were stating it. I thought you were going to tell us that, like, oh, but really, this is the origin of it. No, so. that is that's all I found. So Kumbaya, I didn't do a lot of research, though. <laughs> it's interesting that such a well-known song is uh, has unknown or at least uncertain origins. Um, but well, I'm sure some people will probably know, but yeah, uh, where I I think I found on Wikipedia, and mm-hmm. I just looked it up, and it was that's what it said. So, well, if you know more, feel free to listen in the comments along with your uh, suggestions, criticisms, and comments. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Blanche and Rose pick up uh, some boxes to uh, help Dorothy uh, settle into her room, and Rose immediately knocks over a vase and breaks it. Uh, mortified, she tells, you know, she says that she wants to get her new one. But Blanche tells her that it's you know one of the kind that she had got from her dying grandmother, who she loved very very much, really pouring on the guilt like slathering on. Dorothy kind of stops her and suggests, "Why don't you just grind the broken pieces into her hand?" <laughs> uh, in lieu of the guilt trip, Rose insists that she wants to do something to make it up to her, and then invites both of them to a special dinner at her favorite restaurant. Uh, they are actually both flattered by this offer, and Rose tells them that they better hurry then because the special at the Dairy Queen only lasts till five. <laughs> right? Yeah, which you know, I guess fair enough. That could be your favorite restaurant. Um, you know, I definitely think though that uh, the other two had certainly had other ideas in mind. Fine dining of some kind. Right. Like a- but it did remind me of a story Brent told me one time about a uh, a woman who he had gone on a couple dates with. I one I can't remember if it was somebody he had met, maybe just one date, but. Someone you met through online dating or something of that nature who was, I believe, studying to be a chef. Yes, <gasps> yes, she was. Yeah, and you were all discussing favorite restaurants. Uh, yes. 
I can't remember though. I knew it was something fairly pedestrian, and you were a little disappointed. It was Applebee's. Applebee's. Okay, yeah. yeah. That was her favorite restaurant, and I, I I tried to clarify. I was like, no, I mean, not like what's open right now. I'm just <laughs> anywhere in the city. Like, what's the absolute best restaurant to go to? And she was adamant that it was Applebee's. Well, and this is America's favorite neighbor, after all. <laughs> yeah, <I was> just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is odd, though. If you're someone who's studying to become a professional chef, you'd think it'd be something a little more highfalutin mm-hmm. than, uh, exactly. than Applebee's. But, you know, but that said, if Applebee's wants to sponsor this episode, <laughs> then uh, mm-hmm. Applebee's will be my favorite restaurant also. Exactly. They back, make a good steak, surprisingly, back, for the money. No. Back a truck of riblets up to the front door. Any <laughs> <laughs> in business. Yeah, ski ski knows about a good steak. I know when uh, we were younger, <sighs> Here we went. We go. Yeah, well, we <laughs> went to uh, it was Sunshine Cafe. Essentially, it was like a Waffle House type restaurant. Um, Are there any more of those around even? Now? I I don't think so. I mean, there's still Waffle House, but I, don't, yeah. I think a Sunshine Cafe is gone, at least from this area. But uh, ski, and this was at like three or four in the morning. I mean, it was you know <laughs> somewhere between two and four a.m. Um, we were, I don't know, probably high school age or. or we were, yeah, we were uh, like senior, junior, maybe. Yeah, something along those lines. You know, 18, 19 year mm-hmm. range at least. Um, and he ordered a T-bone steak <laughs> from <laughs> the Waffle House. And so I just felt like the most poor choice you could possibly <laughs> <Yeah>. make <laughs> under the circumstances. But, you know, I don't remember him complaining about it much. Uh, man wanted a steak. Right, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. So if you want to know a man who knows about a fine steak, <laughs> Ski is definitely... I'm just saying it wasn't necessarily a fine steak. I, you mean the T-bone or the Applebee's steak? No, so... I don't recall the T-bone, honestly. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I didn't probably expect it to be, you know, gourmet by any stretch. It they, seems odd that if you're going into it thinking, this is probably a mediocre steak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess it's good that you were pleasantly surprised, but. So two things. Like, I've ordered the, the steak before at, you know, Waffle House. Mm. And, and it's a fine steak or whatever. Because um, every once in a while I'm in the mood for steak and eggs. Oh, okay. So that's what I'll get. Um but maybe I'm conflating it, but I think the first meal I ever had was Ski. He ordered the steak at Denny's, mm. and it was after that Kevin Smith show. And the way I'm remembering it, it took like fucking four hours for his steak to show up. <laughs> <laughs> like we were all just sitting there and waiting and waiting, and we'd all finished our food, and you know his steak was still being you know <laughs> dry aged in the parking lot or some shit. Like, am I wrong about that? Or? I don't know if that was the first time or not, because I do remember that first Kevin Smith show. Um, was that the one we drove to Illinois or something? No, or was no the that, second. Yeah, um, we went to Madison, Wisconsin, or yeah. Milwaukee or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, that first one. I just remember that was when he went to like three or four in the morning because used to Kevin Smith used to do those shows that went super long until you know basically mm-hmm. you know he was almost trying to wait out the crowd to see how many. Would clear out before he would. He killed uh, three ushers that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what money gets you out of those kind of uh, <laughs> predicaments. Do you remember that? Him killing three ushers? Yeah. No. Oh, my. Oh, so <laughs> so he'd been talking for six hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And those ushers were all like 80 years oh. old. And, yeah. they, <laughs> and they gradually just kept going down. Like, they gradually, eventually, they were all sitting in the empty seats because people had just got up and left. And the usher just gave up and just sat in the seats. And they all just looked like, you know, kill me now because they did not find him funny. And they were just exhausted from standing on their feet for the previous five hours. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, I do remember that he he definitely outlasted them. Yes. <laughs> um, but sorry. What was so? Where were we at? So at this point, um, Rose oh, so has broken Ru- the vase. Yeah. She well, she's she broke the vase. Oh, they're going. So they're Dairy going to Dairy Queen, and so she's moving quickly to the door. And Rose tells them, you know, she'll drive. Uh, Dorothy again with the sarcasm and probably poking fun of the fact that uh, she likes Dairy Queen so much suggests that they just skip there. Now we actually flash to the present. Uh, the girls are still sitting at the kitchen table and it is now 2 a.m. I wish they'd flash sideways and see what Coco was doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so would you have liked to have seen, do you feel like it would have been a, a good or a bad use of the limited amount of time in the episode if they would have flashed to them hiring Coco mm-hmm. and then, you know, either left it open-ended or then flashed to them letting him go. <laughs> Spent like a minute of the 24 minutes of the episode <laughs> devoted to Coco. <laughs> Just throw him a bone, right? Like, right. you got a little cameo in there. He's yeah. like, yes. I'm like, back, baby. You know, just the entire second act is, you know, they flash to them hiring Coco. They flash to Coco making the enchiladas that killed Dorothy's intestines. <laughs> and then they flash to them firing Coco because his enchiladas were too hot. Well, I'd like to think that it'd be like, well, listen, this is twofold. Number one, we are find ourselves in need of another room because of the shady pines burning uh-huh. down. And number two... You know, my colon can't take any more of your <laughs> caliente cooking cocoa. <laughs> so. Exactly. No wonder they had to replace that bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So you think that, <laughs> they ruined that basically it. they went for like six months with a partially busted <laughs> toilet? Exactly. Busted or filled. Well, I would like to think that they didn't just let it sit full of shit for <laughs> several episodes. And if they had, don't I don't go in there. Right. It's unusable. <laughs> it's just from what we gathered about Coco's cooking, you know, I feel bad for Sophia because if a plain chicken breast repeats on her. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they definitely wouldn't have been able to co- coexist, I guess. <laughs> so unless he's willing to make two meals uh, yeah. a night. But So Rose and Blanche kind of talk about how they uh, didn't ever used to stay up late. Uh, Rose, you know, made one exception, though. She would stay up late for the Jerry Lewis telethon. <laughs> Uh, Blanche, however, began uh, staying up late when she realized how devastating she looked by moonlight and then shared a story about her uh, young womanhood and how moonlight shone on her cleavage and how how powerful her bosoms were. Yeah, I think my favorite line of the episode is when she said that um, my bosoms had the power to make music. (laughs) So so then they uh, are all laughing and Rose... uh, Muses at how fun, how much fun they always had together, saying, you know, it's always been this way. Dorothy, however, kind of reminds her, says, no, it wasn't. It hasn't always been harmonious. Uh, Citing their first shopping trip together, and then mm-hmm. we jump into another flashback. Uh, the girls are walking through a supermarket now, kind of bickering about what to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose makes a funny reference about her childhood, and uh, Dorothy's protesting on the cost of smoked oysters, mm-hmm. but uh, Blanche explains that the oysters have advantages in a dating situation as a libido booster. Uh, then they all debate about the best way to uh, oh, best way to tell if a cantaloupe is ripe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose's method, however, is to simply cut out a chunk 
<laughs> eat it and then move on to the next one until you mm-hmm. find a good one. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a little joke there right before then that I got to keep oh, yes. out of. Um, or you know, uh, Dama Mera, you know, tells Blanche, you know, nice. Nice cantaloupes. And yeah. Like, why? Thank you. Yeah, and apparently that was his second appearance on the show. <laughs> I think the only person to appear twice in this this season, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than Stan, who of course yeah. is a semi regular. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently, he must have gotten fired from his waiting job, or maybe that was like his part time gig. Well, no. Um, he got fired from the grocery store for complimenting people's melons, and then he became the waiter. Oh, that's right. This is the flashback. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, so basically, he got me tooed out of his job at the grocery store. Hey, hey, now. He could be doing both, you know? Hey, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, because it was an event that Wait, he was being a waiter was his for. night gig. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. So, yeah, neither one are particularly high-paying jobs, yeah. so... It required both in order to make mm-hmm. Damaira's ends meet. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, Rose, you know, I think one of them says that you have to, to tap on it. Mm-hmm. And so one of those other one? Uh, thump. Blanche thumps Dorothy smells. Smells. And then, you know, Rose, Rose just eats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is an odd thing. Not only, obviously, I mean, it was pretty funny. I thought that was a funny little gag. but I like that she just had the knife right there. Yeah. But I also thought it was funny that it's like. That cantaloupe would go bad so quickly after you've cut a chunk out of it. Like, you'd basically have to go home and be planning to use it immediately. Um, That's how they did on the farm, Alan. Yeah, apparently so. Don't question it. Do you think that they grew cantaloupes at the... uh, I don't know. You were there. They pissed off a lot of neighbors. Yeah. I I mean, it's a tropical type melon or a southern right, type yeah. melon i wouldn't think it'd grow that far north yeah that's true so yeah i'd imagine they had some uh, uh pissed off shopkeepers whenever <laughs> <laughs> who keeps doing this no more cantaloupes that's it martha we're not buying anymore they're all going bad i can't buy an avocado oh really yeah i never get a good one i do fine with picking good ones but avocados i don't like avocados but sherry and and liam both do um but uh, it is something where, and I've seen, you know, joking memes about it before, but it, it's like it's not ready, not ready, not ready, <laughs> ready, then rotten. <laughs> so it's like you have like a very small window yeah. to actually use it while it's, you know, not already starting to rot. So the, um, my second most favorite Bobby Hill moment was when they put him on um, like ADHD medicine mm-hmm. and he's like sitting at the kitchen table, like catatonic. And he goes like, the milk in the fridge is about to go bad. There it goes. <laughs> That's excellent. He's tapped in, right? Yeah. So now the the girls are at the register, and Rose is pointing out uh, an error uh, in a, a lower price of a few items saying, you know, oh, no, that's not the correct price. It's actually higher, uh, which, of course, angers Blanche because she doesn't want the price increase. Uh, Rose then uh, pokes fun at Blanche's level of honesty, citing that she got uh, petite pantyhose. Mm-hmm. I wish you say something about it. You couldn't pull those up to your ankles or something. Yeah, or yeah it, was pretty, uh, it was a pretty harsh comment from Rose. Uh, Someone who just let her move in, too. Yeah, yeah it's it was... like really none of her concern. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's odd that she's even you know eyeballing what size yeah. Blanche is getting anyway, but then obviously to... You know, to make a comment, and <laughs> it was a pretty, you know, straightforward slam. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Blanche then threatens to note uh, threatens to knock Rose out with the the loin of pork. Right. Which in my whole life, I besides now, I've never heard it called a loin of pork. Well, I always hear pork I think loin. You should always refer to it from now Henceforth, on. Henceforth, yeah. it yeah. shall always be. The loin of yeah. pork. <laughs> when you call it the loin of pork, you can charge eight times as much for it. That's right. right. That's why it was so expensive. You said it was, what, 16 bucks? Yeah, 16 yeah. bucks. Inflated to like 30 now? Yeah, I, I would have to guess. Yeah. Um, but Although that said, maybe they were shopping at like a convenience store or something because I was, was surprised big. that the Windex or whatever they were buying was two bucks back then too, which I think it still costs $2 or <laughs> at least thereabouts to buy it now. Yeah. So, Sure. I am... Um, uh, maybe I'm wrong on my Windex. Uh, probably maybe it's four bucks now, which would yeah. be. I'm just confused by like a convenience store having a loin of pork. Well, that's true. It just seemed to be a an overpriced store in a general yeah. sense. It was like Plus, their whole... cans of oysters were what four dollars a can, which seemed like they were kind of thrown into that bin willy nilly for something that's a you know relatively high end product. We um so I returned to the office today for the first time in ten twelve weeks whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. And during that time, you know, they switched all our desks. And so at some point, um, the owner of the company took the belongings that I had at the office for my old desk mm-hmm. and transported them to my new desk. Okay. Okay. And so today I was sitting there and I couldn't find my pencil sharpener. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it just got left behind. So I went back to my old desk and I was looking. When I got there, I realized, oh, I had this tiny little um, beneath my desk, I had a little thing that would slide out that you could put pencils and business oh, cards. Okay. You know, sure. it's only you know half an inch deep or whatever. And I was like, that's where I kept it at. And I, I opened it up, and it was empty. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I have one of these things at my new desk. And so I went back to my new desk, and I did. And I had my you know my uh, pencil sharpener was in there. But what was also in there was a um, tiny packet of, you know, like ketchup and mustard and stuff right. like that, um, that I picked up at the gas station, except it wasn't, you know, ketchup cause I don't use that or mustard or, you know, mayonnaise or whatever. It was cocktail sauce because uh-huh. <laughs> I was at the gas station and they had these little packets of cocktail sauce. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell are they selling? <laughs> they need these little packets of cocktail Bro, you sauce. You want some gas station shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so it just amused me. So I just grabbed one and threw it in my pocket. Mm. Um, um, and so anyways, then I, you know, I get to the office and I throw it in a tiny little drawer with my pencil sharpener. Right. And then, you know, at some point in the last 12 weeks, my boss is like, oh, need to get his pencil sharpener and cocktail sauce moved over. <laughs> <laughs> well, at so, least he was thorough. Yeah. yeah it so, sounds like he was like one for one. Exactly. So I'm like, are we ever going to discuss this or does he just <laughs> think he, I like, took pictures of your desk so you get well, it replicated I, exactly? <laughs> took a picture of it today so I could share with my teammates to tell them that, hey, <laughs> my pencil sharpener did get moved. And That's my detail right sauce. there. That's yeah. tension, yeah. yeah. Now, how amazed would you be if, uh, just generally impressed, if a year from now, or not a year from now, but at Christmas time, <laughs> if uh, on your desk is a is a you know package of uh, shrimp. <laughs> <that's> yeah. <true. laughs> there it is. Oh, very nice. <laughs> There it is. So, yeah, like, I was just so confused by that. But, yeah, I mean, if he wants to get me a little shrimp ring, that's fine. 
I don't know. So <laughs> I, I guess I have been there for Christmas, and I don't think we got anything last year. Yeah. So it would be even more impressive than this time around you did get a gift, mm-hmm. and it was you know related to something you yeah. found in your desk. I, I'd like to think that I'm the only person who gets a gift, too. <laughs> and it's just like in the all-company meeting, I just get maybe to sit there and eat shrimp in front of everybody. Maybe he's very <laughs> pro-cocktail sauce. With your one packet of cocktail sauce. Exactly. <laughs> you just rip open the corner and squeeze a little drop out on each shrimp. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't like to eat shrimp around. Well, it's not that I mind eating shrimp around Ski. I don't like to be around Ski when he's eating shrimp because he eats the fucking tail and all. I <laughs> do oh, not. Yeah, that's the worst. You have. Um, I have I've, absolutely seen you do it. I have done it before, but I don't anymore. Oh, okay. why, why not? Why'd you give it up? Because it's gross. The older <laughs> I got, the more I realized it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a decision or, or a realization you come to almost immediately on the first shrimp tail that you ate. Uh-huh. But like. So how do you how do you eat your shrimp that where the tail is is it just like like a little shrimp ring or whatever or is it something like in a bag and you thaw it out and cook it? Well, or? I would say like we're talking cocktail shrimp still on the yeah. show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I guess I just popped the shrimp and ate it. But like, how before. does it come? Like, how do you did you come? Like, oh, is it yeah. like in a ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So it's not something you had to like prepare or cook. No, or I. T- you, I am not a cook. It's already been, <laughs> it's already been deveined and everything. Yes, yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Because that's what you have to look out for. Mm, okay. Make sure it's been deveined and all that sort. Yeah, I think I, I got because my dad, he would eat them sometimes. Oh, okay. And so yeah, they're they're edible, which they're not toxic, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. But the so more do you just I like got... wait till your dad passed away before you gave up that. Uh... No, it's been a long, long time. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess maybe I haven't See, been See, we don't yet. have enough shrimp so meals together, Alan. <laughs> so, so your dad died of a broken heart. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just disappointment. Yeah, his last meal was ski. <laughs> As he saw him throw away all those uh, worthwhile shrimp tails, a single uh-huh. tear rolled down his cheek. Exactly. He says, this He's is like, it. Yeah. Nothing exactly. left. Right. <laughs> He's like, you're the reason Golden Corral's going out of business. <laughs> Wasting food. <laughs> so much food. I think I think it probably changed when I started paying, ironically, because I'm like I'm going to pay for food I enjoy. <laughs> so is that why back when we went um, to that uh, that aforementioned Sunshine Cafe, you didn't eat the uh, the bone, but had that been a couple years earlier and someone had bought it for you, you would have gone ahead and. <laughs> You got to really gnaw it on it now. Right. Because in that situation, he had paid for it, so he would get his money's worth by eating the bone. Oh, okay. If somebody else would have paid for it, he'd be like, hmm, they bought that bone, not me. <laughs> well, he probably paid for himself there at Sunshine Cafe, but I think what he's saying is now that he doesn't feel like he's wasting someone's money by not eating the garbage gotcha. part of the, exactly. <laughs> the food. I am. Um, like, if... You know, if I'm at a you know pizza buffet or something um, with my wife, or whatever, I'll eat her crust or the kids' crust. I just don't think you're supposed to waste food. I feel like we may have had this conversation. I know we've had this conversation, but I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. And because uh, I, I think it was something where I discussed that when I was in high school, we would pile up you know a huge crusts, plate, yeah, yeah. crust, yeah, no, and it was almost can't. like a badge of honor. Um, yeah, I know those fallen soldiers need to be given a proper burial. <laughs> so, so if you had been sitting, because you're like two years older than us, if like a 19-year-old Brent was sitting watching a 17-year-old bunch of us, mm-hmm. uh, would you have come over and Just said in, something to us? Enraged. Or? Exactly. I'd be like, what is wrong with you? There are starving children in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Well, that's what you do. You throw them in the trash and they make their way to Edinburgh. (laughs) 
<laughs> with the reconstituted into Bosco sticks. <laughs> I'd like to just think that that I'd like would to be... think they're just a pile of crust that little kids are scavenging. <laughs> right, all the little street rats. <laughs> Mother, I got five crusts again today. That's good, honey. We can, eat for, we can live another day or two. I'd like to think that even though it's in Smitty Indiana... Smitty said they he would shoe the horse if I brought them in. <laughs> Well, I'd like to think that even though it's, you know, Indiana, that these kids would be talking in like a, an old English accent. Like, <laughs> look, mother, look what I brought for you from the market. Exactly. <laughs> I, got, I got tuppence for the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they don't even call them that like over there right. I'm sure there's some cockney slang for yeah. pizza crust <laughs> it's called like <laughs> leaning tower of pizza pipes or something like that. so would that be if they were all together they'd be the leaning tower uh, or exactly because you'd like pile them up so the normally they'd just be pizza pipes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't even need your pipes. You have it. <laughs> exactly. They're starving children down in Slough. <laughs> so there's always a more poor child. That's oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And as a former poor child myself, I learned to recognize them. It's like, at least I'm not that poor bastard. <laughs> so you didn't use it as like a method to... To make yourself feel appreciative, you just use it to make yourself feel better than others. Exactly. 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 You know. The hierarchy of poverty. Is right. Yeah. Exactly. If the original if the original prequel taught me anything, yeah. it's that there's always a bigger fish. So I was always looking for a way to be the bigger fish. Uh. <laughs> we ready? Yeah, I think we're ready to go on back into the <laughs> I don't want to jump the gun. No, no. This is so we're a... back to uh, you know we're we're standing in the line and uh, Rose is uh, calling uh, Blanche out on her petite pantyhose. Blanche threatens her with the loin of pork, and then they kind of continue to squabble back and forth uh, as things are being rung up. Ultimately, they decide to go in ahead and buy their own food separately, mm-hmm. which I'm thinking. The lady who's ringing all this up has got to be getting kind of pissed off, right? Right. She just watched them squabble and then had to do price adjustments. Yeah. And then they're just going to, what, cancel out this this purchase entirely? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which to me, I thought, why would <clears throat> your first time together and you're like, yeah, why don't we just go ahead and go in? Because you don't know the eating habits of anybody mm-hmm. else. It, it seems like that'd be something that kind of going on a groceries, choice, yeah. yeah, it would be like a, you know, two months in kind of a thing. Like, I know what you eat. We have these similar things in yeah. common. Well, or, hey, you want to buy the milk and I'll buy the eggs? Right, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure I'm sure Rose looked at it as it was just going to be a wash, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm sure Dorothy was like, oh, well, you know, Blanche is awfully petite while with her tiny pantyhose and everything. <laughs> I'm going to make out like a bandit. <laughs> <laughs> so you think just because uh, Dorothy's a taller woman and more stately than Blanche? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That pepperoni was nearly as tall as Blanche. Oh, that's true. That was a massive pepperoni. So. <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> Dorothy would only go down to her knee. <laughs> 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 uh, 
That's so you think that she was planning to buy this pepperoni for cosplay type uh, purposes, if you will. <laughs> no, that's no woman. <laughs> yeah. That was no lady. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Coco joke there somewhere. Yeah. Again, we're starting to veer in directions that we've previously avoided, but, you know. And it's it, season it, one. We were due. Yeah. <laughs> Made it through 24 episodes being woke as fuck. A Coco but. Joko. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so some more time passes, uh, and then we, we see the girls returning to the house. Each one of them is holding a bag of groceries, uh, clearly all in a sour mood, kind of shooting upset glances at one another. Uh, they angrily make their way for the, from the uh, front door to the kitchen and begin to put away their food. But at this point, they can't even decide where or how is best to uh, store the food. The girls continue to kind of get on each other's nerves and shoot jabs at one another. Uh, at this point, they all sit at the kitchen table, kind of stating that uh, it doesn't seem to be working out between them and that they maybe just weren't meant to be roommates. Uh, Rose then starts in with an old story about the, the Great Herring War. <laughs> the girls, you know, this being the first St. Olaf story, I'm guessing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the girls seem cautious to ask, but are also curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Rose proceeds to tell them about the, uh, I think, Lindstrom's and Johansson's. That sounds they, right, yeah. Yeah. How they shared uh, fishing waters uh, and wanted to train, or how they wanted to team up and ultimately couldn't decide what to do with all the fish they caught. Mm-hmm. The Johansons wanted to pickle the herring. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I've the never, only way I've heard of it. I've pickled. never, I've never yeah. had it. I, don't, I can't say it's terrible because I don't know. But Yeah. I mean, my guess is that there are probably people who make herring in other ways as well. I mean, I'm sure it's just like any other type of fish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pickled herring seems to be the most... Uh, Certainly the most well-known I like canned sardines. variety. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they wanted to pickle it. But the uh, the Lindstroms had a, a more audacious plan. They wanted to uh, train them for the circus. Uh, and Dorothy and Blanche again look at Rose, befuddled by her story. Mm. Uh, Rose explains that the, it's the herring circus. It's kind of like Sea World, but smaller, uh, but bigger than a flea circus. Yeah. Right. Certainly. Uh, they continue to ask questions about this supposed circus, and uh, Rose continues to give them these insane details as the girls start cracking up. Uh, she then tells them that the story was from her grandfather because they're accusing her of lying to him. And uh, she realized then as she's telling them that he was a bit loose with the facts and had had <laughs> rather bizarre behaviors. Uh, then they realized you know, together that despite their differences, they're all having fun and laughing together. <laughs> and decide maybe it is worth giving a, a try to live together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose then goes to put away a box of cheesecake that she bought. Yeah. And Dorothy, uh, oh, I think Blanche asked, what is that? She explains that she's got a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. That's cheesecake. And uh, they get very excited. Yeah. Dorothy then has the uh, the kind of cliche line, I think this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I just feel bad for Rose. Because, like, number one, like, she told the story that brought them all together. Right. You know, so she's somewhat the hero. And <clears throat> they were very clear that they were not going to help her pay for her cheesecake. <laughs> but now they're going to help her eat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Rose did walk in with two bags versus the one bag for everyone else. Yeah. So maybe they felt like that, uh, you know, old money bags Rose could, <laughs> you know, handle sharing the cheesecake. Rolling in that grief center cash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it plays better than a substitute teacher or a museum worker, I guess. That's true. So, but not someone who married rich, right? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so then we uh, we flash back to present again for the last time. Uh, the girls are now nearly finished with the cheesecake. I think there's like one piece left, right? right. And then uh, Dorothy states that uh, their talking helped her get her mind off the, the scary movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose then suggests that they go ahead and leave the dishes for the morning uh, or for tomorrow and then go ahead and get to bed. Just then, Sophia bursts into the room holding up a big, big butcher knife. Uh, and uh, screaming and scaring the girls out of their mind. Uh, she laughs heartily as they cower together. Uh, Dorothy tells her that, you know, it wasn't funny, but Sophia disagrees. She tells them that she'd pulled that trick uh, once before on old man Peterson at the home after they watched Psycho. And supposedly he would never walk again, but they were wrong. He walked after that. Uh, then she says... Good night and sweet dreams as she kind of brandishes the knife again while shaking it kind of violently. Yeah, it was definitely the craziest uh, moment, I think, of the entire season for Sophia. Um, <laughs> so, too. And in general, a little bit of a shame that uh, for the, you know, season wrap up or, you know, for the season finale, I should say, that Sophia was definitely a minor part in it. Yeah. Uh, but at least she did get a nice little, you know, cameo there at the end. Uh, well, I think that. <clears throat> I mean, th- I don't know. Well, I guess, obviously, if we stick this out to the bitter end, we'll find out how the other seasons end. But I'd willing be willing to wager that most of them end with a hug and not with a knife being brandished. That's probably true, yeah. <laughs> I would say that's a fair assumption. Um, it'd be odd if that was the one you know piece of Recurring. continuity yeah, that they did through all seven seasons. But, so. Sophia and her knife. And before we get into our ratings and, and MVPs and whatnot, I do think it bears, given the the – the episode that we uh, watched, uh, just briefly going over our history as far as uh, the way we met. Um, oh. So Ski, I met in sixth grade. I think some of this may have been covered before, but I met Ski in sixth grade at uh, St. Simon, uh, now defunct. Well, now it's moved. moved, yeah, yeah, to a different part of town. Yeah, it's no longer on the east side of Indianapolis. The building we went to, I think, has actually maybe been closed. It was bought by another church at some point. Mm. And but the last time I went over there was with uh, our friend James, and it was all like gated up. Mm. Like it, I think some of the windows were even boarded. So I don't know if it's been changed or bought since that time. That was quite a while back. Yeah. So yeah, and I was I was running late to school that day, the first day of school of sixth grade, <laughs> and I was very disappointed that the last desk left in the class was next to the new nerdy student ski. Not that I was by any means a cool student, but I. You know, still that hierarchy thing is someone always a little lower than you that you're looking for. I was definitely for. nerdy. Yeah. Um, well, Ski was... Lowest pro- of the low. I don't know. But you were you were near the bottom anyway. And especially <laughs> in the new kid. I was new too, yeah. So yeah. That, that's... And Ski, always friendly, um, introduced. He's like, hi, I'm Jeff Klamazuski. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know. <laughs> Little did I know that'd be the start of a what at this point is I don't a know beautiful friendship. friendship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Brent. Little did you know. Little did sixth grade you know that someday you two would be co-hosts of a podcast empire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking about a show that was going on during the time that we became mm-hmm. friends yeah. <laughs> first. <laughs> so, because yeah, that would have been. Let's see, we graduated in '93, so that would have been sixth grade, about '90 or '89, probably. You graduated from eighth grade. Yeah, okay, in '93, yeah. so. Sixth grade, so that'll well, probably 90, um, or let's see, 89, 90, 90, 91, 91, 90. Yeah, so eight, so 90 would have been when we met. So, yeah, Golden Girls was still a, a big hit back in 1990. So, <laughs> and Dollywood was only four years old, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's come full circle. Um, 
And then Brent, he and I work together. He's the only friend that I currently have that is uh, not a friend that I went to school with. So, you know, Brent definitely has something special about him that he's uh, managed to break the mold. Um, the it factor. Right. And I think we, we shared a, a fondness for the Simpsons uh, at the place. We worked at a company, a student loan company together. And one of the first memories I have of Brent at that job was him coming up to me and like, Hey, uh, do you, <laughs> do you, do you look at porn? <laughs> and I didn't Hi, know my name is Brent. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Brent was a little higher up in the company than I was throughout our time there. He was a, a trainer. And so at first I thought he was coming to give me a warning. I'm like, Hey, they're cracking down on the porn during work yeah. hours. Um, but it turned out that there was a, a young woman who, we had worked with who became an online escort and so that he, that he had found out about. So he was trying to, you know, clue me in on that. And then I think the first time, you know, so I'm the link between the two of them. And I believe the first time that Brent met ski was on the time we went to mm -hmm. uh, the Kevin Smith show. Mm -hmm. Now we at the last moment had an extra ticket open up because it was going to be Sherry and I, and then Brent and his wife uh, going together to this show and last day or the day before the show, Brent suddenly, that ticket opened up. Come to find out, I don't know how much longer later, but that was the day that Brent's wife had decided to leave him. <laughs> and so, Ski and I Brent. I did not remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't tell us that the day of. He was a little bit sullen, especially for seeing Kevin Smith, who we're all a big fan of. But um, but I would see, say trading out your your you know, ex-wife for, uh, mm -hmm. for a friendship with ski was a pretty good trade up in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. And obviously things worked out well with your current wife. So, yeah, you know, exactly. took Everything you a little worked out in the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, you've I... definitely grown on me. I love you, big guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Now it just got awkward, but <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so who, who would be, I, I think we discussed kind of our I favorite lines. I did not finish my recap, sir. Oh, have you not? I'm really close. Oh, okay. Go at ahead. At the very end. Oh, sorry. Well, yet real, to come. I, I thought that was an interjection. I, I, I thought it was appropriate for what we were talking well, about. No. So. Interject something here real quick. Um, sure. So there was... <laughs> So yeah, that was the first time Alan and I spoke at work, and then there was, it was a the first time we spoke. We had spoke prior <laughs> no. to that. You just <laughs> randomly come up. With that. <laughs> there was, there was a subsequent time where um, we both found ourselves. Uh, we were the only two people there on a Saturday, and so as you know, like we'd acknowledged each other that oh hey, we are both working on this Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Alan um, was using one of the sit-down stalls to do his business. And, you know, I needed to poop as well. And it just <laughs> never occurred to me that the one person there would be in the one stall that I was trying to run <laughs> into quickly before I, you know, soiled myself. <laughs> so oh, I no. go run straight into the stall, expecting the stall door to swing open so that I can pivot around and squat and dump. Um, but no, it, it was locked because Alan was in there. And so he just heard me thud against the door. He and damn near broke the door off the hinges. I mean, it's, it's, had I not been on the toilet, I probably would have shit my pants thinking somebody you know, was trying to, to get attack me. Yeah, um, it was an aggressive pull on that door handle. Yeah. Uh, it was almost kind of one of those things that, you know, when you're walking down the steps and you think there's one more step and you, you know, like hit that bottom like harder. That was yeah. the kind of unexpected force that if <laughs> was it had on been, handle. you know a monday through friday eight to five 
I'd have gently tried the handle, right? You know, but it just never occurred to me that you know the second to last man on earth was in the one place right. I needed to go. Well, and here I am alone, <laughs> you know, almost alone in the building, and now all of a sudden it seems like somebody is specifically coming after me in the bathroom. But yeah, so I had not heard that story either. That yeah. Was... So now, now you can go ahead and, and finish conclude the recap. The recap. <laughs> So yeah, Sophia you know does her knife shaking at the girls, and then uh, again laughing. You know she hysterically you know laughs at them and exits. The girls then decide to go ahead and sit back down, and uh, finish that cheesecake. Get that one piece gone. And they start kind of li- listing off ideas for uh, cake toppings they could put on top of the cheesecake. But every time they lift something, Rose points out that they had already finished it up earlier in that evening, and. Uh, then uh, Rose, or uh, finally Dorothy suggests whipped cream, and Blanche agrees and says that she thinks they do have a can left, and says that she'll go get it from her bedroom. Right. <laughs> but then Dorothy stops her short and says, "Never mind, Blanche." Yeah. And then the the this show ends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it should have ended with a hug of some sort, but yeah. um, or or with the knife brandishing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I like the fact that you know based upon, you know, the timeline of, you know, toppings and everything, they must have told this flashback in real time. Yeah. Because they yeah, maybe they were just as hours. detailed as we saw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even so. we saw it in 25 minutes. Right. And for them, it's like four hours yeah. to tell the tale. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, so with that, then, who would be – was there a particular line? For me, I, I think my favorite line was um, – I think I mentioned it earlier on in the episode. The, the moonlight shone on exactly, her bosom yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. So did you have one one that particularly stood out for you? I think the mine one was uh, Dorothy kind of telling Rose, "Don't ever do that." Like yeah. from the Kumbaya. Mm-hmm. And did you? Is there one that stood out for you, Brent? The um, the bit about the herring circus. Mm. Um, when Dorothy asked if one of the herrings had been shot out of a cannon, mm-hmm. and you know. Rose saying, you know, well, just the once, and after that, none of the other herrings would volunteer. I just thought both of those lines were, were fantastic, and that whole scene was just top-notch. Yeah, I, I enjoy when uh, Dorothy and Blanche are kind of making fun of Rose, mm-hmm. but enjoying the story from yeah. that perspective, as opposed to just being annoyed. This was definitely a good example of that, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of time, most of the time, they're just kind mm-hmm. of irritated mm-hmm. by her, you know, rambling oddball stories, but... Mm-hmm. I do like it when they, I don't know, enjoy the process. Yeah. Of kind of poking fun at it. So I think it was ironic that like it's St. Olaf story essentially is what kept them together. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For all their annoyance, you know, they wouldn't be together if, if that story hadn't kinda broken the ice. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely at true. The key keystone moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Ski, who would be your MVP for this episode? I think Rose, for that reason alone. Just for bring, keeping the girls together? Yeah. So, and how about you, Brent? Uh, probably Donna Mira. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you felt like that was the golden moment of the entire episode? Oh, uh, you know, he complimented nice Blanche's cantaloupes. <laughs> so, that was a good line. I'll yeah. give it that. Well, I will give it to the person whose cantaloupes were complimented. Uh, I think Blanche would have been my MVP for that one. Yeah. Um, now, you know, Rose may have kept them together, but Blanche brought them together. That's a very good point. Yeah. So, By the way... Side note, mm-hmm. Blanche got an uh, Emmy nomination for this episode. Too. Oh, really? Oh, well, so then I guess I wasn't the only one who thought she shined. So. I almost you and was the Academy swayed. both. Right. <laughs> I was almost swayed for that, but I thought because of the final story and the fact that Rose gets so much slack <laughs> for those stories. <laughs> yes. that, 
And then uh, how many, I really like this episode overall, but uh, how many slices of cheesecake did you give it? Ski? I think six. Six? six and a half. We'll go six and a half. Six and a half. What about you, Brent? I'll go six and a half. I think I go six and a half also. Um, I, I, I could maybe be talked up to a seven, but since you guys both went to six and a half, I'll stick with that also. Definitely a, a contender, I feel like, for this season. Um, I think, yeah, probably. So, yeah. We'll see you next week, folks. All right. So, yeah, remember, again, I know this has been kind of a, a double-sized episode almost, um, but uh, definitely tune in next week for what maybe will be a little bit of a short episode where we recap and, and tell you after season one what was the greatest episode. Um, so, uh, until then, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. Would you be like, well, he told you to drop a deuce here? Well, but, he, he poked his head around the corner, or no, I think he asked me. I was me. already down here. He already came I down. I didn't know. That. I, didn't, I had gone behind yeah. you guys and see. I was talking to Sherry real quick. Mm-hmm. I didn't see you hit the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Where's Brent?" And he said, "You're in the bathroom." I was mm-hmm. like, he said, "Do you need to go?" I was like, "Yeah, probably real fast." So mm-hmm. I just went to pee. Yeah. And on the way, I was like, "Hey, do you want me to just take a?" giant crap right here he said yes on the landing please yeah he said i think he said on the steps and i was like yeah do it on the landing (laughs) um so you know because at least then there is a little space you could still walk around it um it's totally covered okay oh was it like blastus diarrhea kind of a situation yes but strangely also solid oh really (laughs) so just a bunch of chunks but all solid chunks all all just a sheet of plexiglass (laughs) (laughs) shout out Well, you know. Shards of plexiglass, if you will. Exactly. At least I'll have something to look forward to when we're done recording. (laughs) That would be so horrible. Right. Hard to believe we're not already recording. (laughs) Well, that's a missed opportunity then, isn't Uh it? (laughs) So you guys ready? Whenever you are. Okay. Yes. I just, I've been debating on how I want to open this show since it is our, you know, season one finale. Mm -hmm. I just go with kind of the normal thing or. I would. You would. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just sing. Whenever you try to do something different, sing, like, it always takes like 37 takes. Say what? What's that? Whenever you try something different, it takes 37 takes. <laughs> Not always. I think it only took 37 takes one time when I tried something different. I've had other that's times. The one time you did try something different. <laughs> no, I've done different things in the past. Like that first last episode that you was, recapped. Yeah, last time was my favorite. Yeah, well, and the first time you did a recap, I definitely did something different, and I did it in one take, and you didn't care for it, but still, I did it in one take. <laughs> I think you specifically said, I don't like this, <laughs> but I didn't have to retake it. We all, we still kept it all in one. So. That is true. Um, anyways. Well, I was going to suggest that you just come up with an impromptu song about the way we met. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> incorporate that somehow, but yeah. just... You know, rip it. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I am a lyrical genius. <laughs> Freestyle, you yeah. know. Yeah, well, I guess I could maybe go the Weird Al route and try to, you know, <laughs> find another song and then insert us mm-hmm. into that song. Because musically, I'd have no ability. Lyrics, I'd have <laughs> a very small amount. Because I know words, so I have a reasonable vocabulary. So I could probably come up with something in that way. But, yeah, musically, I, I can't even play a triangle. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways. <clears throat>